Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. Shalom, lovers of the Torah, and thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. In our last podcast, we shared some thoughts from the Torah portion Mishpatim on the necessity of blood in ratifying the covenant of Moses. We also noticed that the Abrahamic covenant was also ratified with blood. We looked briefly at Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11, where God further revealed the importance of sacrificial blood, saying, quote, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have assigned it to you for making expiation for your lives upon the altar. It is the blood as life that affects expiation, unquote. Suffice it to say, blood was central to ratifying the Abrahamic covenant and the Mosaic Covenant. In addition, we discovered the Mosaic Covenant was conditional and that Israel broke it repeatedly until they were judged by God. The judgment included the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem and their eviction and exile from the Promised Land and its blessings. This was prophesied by prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah. In fact, Jeremiah prophesied that they would be divorced by God. Israel would be divorced by God for irretrievably breaking the covenant. However, true to the nature of God, through the same prophet, Jeremiah states that in his great love and mercy for his people, God would later woo Israel back and remarry her under a new covenant. This new covenant would be better than the previous one made with Moses. And it too, like the covenant of Moses, would need to be ratified with blood. Today, we're going to take a closer look at the ratification of the new covenant, of the long-awaited and anticipated new covenant that Jeremiah prophesied about. Keep in mind that this is a midrash and is not to be construed as a doctrinal statement or theological treatise on the subject. I am simply wrestling with the passages to better inform you as well as myself, and I reserve the right to change my mind on my ideas as I grow in the grace and knowledge of the Messiah. So let's jump into our chur passage uh, for this week as we follow up from last week on Mishpatim. And we're going to look at the New Covenant. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. See, a time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant... I made with their fathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant which they broke, though I espoused them, declares the Lord. Let me just stop there real quick and just just point out that this is a new covenant. It's replacing the covenant that was made with with uh, Moses and Israel uh, back at Sinai. This this is this is going to replace that covenant. That covenant was. Irretrievably, irretrievably broken by Israel's unfaithfulness for many, many, many uh, centuries. 
God finally said, it's done. It's over. You've, you've completely broke this in a way that cannot be uh, put back together, so to speak. Um, and so this new covenant is going to take its place. Um, and, and he also says, though I espouse them, declares the Lord. In other words, the language that's being used here is cast in the metaphor of marriage, that, that, that the bride of God is Israel herself, but because she was, you know, running around like a harlot, so to speak, in, 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 by means of the metaphor, uh, God said, I'm going to divorce you. Uh, you've broken this marriage covenant, and now I'm going to, to divorce you and put you away. And, uh, and Jeremiah earlier has already developed that theme and, and spelled that out for Israel. But let's pick up the reading in verse 33 of Jeremiah chapter 31. Speaking over the new covenant, it goes on to say, quote, But such is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after these days, declares the Lord. I will put my teaching into their innermost being and inscribe it upon their hearts. Then I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer will they need to teach one another and say to one another, heed the Lord for all of them from the least to the, the greatest shall heed me, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquities and remember their, remember their sins no more. Now that, that is a fantastic covenant. It's an amazing covenant. God remarrying his people, that, that in the end, even though she was put away, she is wooed back, and under a new covenant, she's remarried. She's brought back into this relationship with God, and all of the provisions and promises of the previous covenants are going to be restored to her. Uh, and, and, and the foundation of this relationship is this. God says, quote, for I will forgive their iniquities. I'm going to forgive their sins, and I'm not going to remember them. Not only am I going to forgive them, I'm going to like lift them out of my memory. They, they, will, they will be removed from my remembrance. What, a, what a, an amazing covenant this is. Now, this new covenant, I want to jump forward, and I want to talk about the new covenant coming into being that, you know, we have to answer the question, when did the new covenant get enacted? When was it ratified? When did this take place? And of course, we move forward into uh, the apostolic period, the period of, of Yeshua and his disciples in Israel, in the land. This is the Messiah. And uh, I'm going to jump into Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 28. Yeshua is uh, eating a Passover, um, having, having basically a Seder the night that he's going to be betrayed. And the following day, of course, he's going to be crucified. And so this is the night before the crucifixion on Passover, Nisan the 15th. And uh, it, it states this in Matthew 26, verses 26 through 28. While they were eating, Yeshua took some bread. And after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. And so we have the Messiah here in his last Passover Seder, the night before he's going to be crucified revealing to them that it is his death that's going to be the ratification 
of the new covenant. He says, this is the, my blood, the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. He's he's connecting uh, this concept of a new covenant as prophesied by Jeremiah, and he's saying, I'm going to ratify it with my blood. And for those who receive me into them, and he uses the metaphor, of course, of of bread and and, and wine being his body and blood, for those who embrace me by faith and, and invite me into their hearts, that ratification of the covenant will result in them entering into this new covenant with God. This is a Jewish Messiah speaking to his Jewish disciples in a Jewish land at a Jewish festival. All of this is coming to pass as as Jeremiah prophesied it would. And I I think the sizzle here is that he's revealed to them that it's not going to be the blood of bulls and goats. It's not going to be the blood of animals that ratified previous covenants like the Abrahamic covenants or the Mosaic covenants. He's saying that this is the new, this is the ultimate covenant. This is the fullness of all that God has promised. Therefore, it's going to require something much greater than the blood of animals. He's going to give his own blood. The Mashiach is going to give his own life, his own soul to ratify this covenant. Let me jump into Luke 22, 19 through 20. I'm going to pick this up again. It's It's Luke's account of the Passover Seder the night before he's crucified. Quote, and when he had given some bread, or when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So make make no mistake about it. Yeshua the Messiah. Is, is actually stating very clearly here that the new covenant is going to be ratified through his poured out life, his, his blood poured out, his life given up as an atonement for our sins, that we would be forgiven and reconciled with God and remarried. And this is, again, a Jewish setting with Jewish uh, 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 people in a Jewish land. It, it's, it's an amazing fulfillment of what uh, uh, Jeremiah had prophesied. Okay, let's jump uh, forward again uh, to John's gospel, and I want to jump into uh, the crucifixion context. This is John 19, verses 31 through 37. It says, It was the day of preparation. And, and by the way, that that's a reference to Friday. It's a technical term in the Greek um, that that refers to Friday being the day of preparation for the weekly Sabbath. So it was the day of preparation, and the next day was a festival, Shabbat, so that the bodies should not remain on the crucifixion stake during Shabbat. The Judean leaders asked Pilate to have the legs broken and to have the bodies taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and then the other who had been executed with Yeshua. Now when they came to Yeshua and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. He who has seen it has testified, and his testimony is true. He knows that he is telling the truth, so that you also may believe. These things happened so the scripture would be fulfilled. Not a bone of his shall be broken. 
quote unquote. And again, another scripture says, and they shall look on him whom they have pierced, quote unquote. So let me just point out in this passage, the, the, the part that I want to kind of lift out of this and bring to our attention is that Yeshua gave up his life in a bloody sacrifice, crucified by the, by, by the Romans, handed over by the Judean leaders and crucified by the Romans. This was both uh, 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 Jewish and Gentile uh, souls uh, co- collaborating in the death of Messiah. Uh, and, and the picture, of course, uh, through the figure of speech here, is that we all are responsible for the death of Messiah. But he gave up his life. He, he, he gave that up as a sacrifice in the first place so that we could be forgiven. The fact that they put a spear in his side and blood and water came out, again, is the fulfillment of his own words, that he would pour out his blood. His blood would be, be offered, poured out um, as, 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 as the ratification of the new covenants. And so all of this came to pass. And that new covenant that Jeremiah prophesied was enacted through Yeshua's death on the cross. That's when it came into being. That's when it was actualized. And at that point, from that point on, every Jewish person who embraced Jesus as the Messiah, who embraced his death as an atonement for their sins, they were able to enter into this new and glorious covenant. That's right, to the Jew first and then later to the Gentiles. But this is a Jewish phenomenon at this point. And the Jewish people, many, many of them believing in Yeshua, entering into this new covenant. And for those Jewish people who were coming in faith into Yeshua, they were becoming once again this this. Uh, corporate uh, uh, um, group of people who are the first fruits of experiencing the new covenant as promised through Jeremiah. So in conclusion, let me just state a few things. Jeremiah prophesied a new covenant, one that would would, would, would replace the covenant of Moses, which Jeremiah said that Israel had broken irreparably. So it's a new covenant. It's going to replace it. And, And this new covenant... Um, would have as its basis, of course, the Torah. In other words, it's the same God and the same people, Israel, and the same Torah being being established. But the new covenant just has better terms. It's more secure. It's going to be based on the blood of Messiah and his obedience, not the the obedience of Israel. So it's a much better covenant. And this new covenant would result in the reconciliation and remarriage of God and his people, Israel. So God sent his son, Yeshua the Messiah, to initiate the new covenant on our behalf. Yeshua would give his own blood, his own life as an atonement for our covenant breaking. His blood was poured out literally and resulted in ratifying the promised new covenant of Jeremiah. Both the new covenant and the ratification are much greater and more glorious than the first covenant and its ratification of the blood of animals. Under the new covenant, God has forgiven our iniquities and no longer remembers our sins. That's a big hallelujah. How great is that? Well, consider this. The covenant of Moses was rendered ineffective and annulled due to Israel's disobedience. God even divorced Israel. They saw the temple destroyed and went into captivity. The future promise of a new covenant was the only hope and remedy offered to Israel through Yeshua the Messiah based on his sacrificial death. And all who believe in him and receive his death as an atonement for their sin enter into the new covenant that Jeremiah prophesied. Big question here. Have you entered 
into the new covenant. You can't, you can't base your relationship with God on the covenant made with Moses. No, it was broken irretrievably, irreparably broken. The prophets spell that out clearly. Israel's alienated from God, divorced, and the remarriage is only through the new covenant. Are you in the new covenant? If not, you're still alienated from God. You remain in your sin, alienated from God. You have no covenant standing. Outside of the new covenant, there's no covenant standing with God. You got to be in the new covenant. Is it not time to consider the reality and truth that Yeshua is the Lamb of God, who through his own bloody sacrifice on the cross offered us the forgiveness of our sins and the long-awaited new covenant, restoring our relationship with God as his beloved, his Amsegulah, his treasured people Israel? Receive Yeshua the Messiah today. Invite him into your heart today. And then write us and tell us all about your experience, your reconciliation with God, your new life in Messiah being restored to the God of Israel. We'd love to hear from you. Call and tell us all about it. Our next show, we're going to talk about the Gentiles. What about the Gentiles? Are they part of the new covenant? Do they have access through the new covenant to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the creator of the universe? What about the Gentiles? We'll look at that more closely in weeks ahead. But that concludes our program for this week. And a special thanks to our great King, Yeshua the Messiah, and to you, our listeners and supporters, for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. Thank you. Know that in your prayers and giving, you are partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of Messiah in Israel, the United States, and throughout the world. We are a highly rated and listened to Messianic podcast on iTunes under the category of Judaism. Subscribe now. Visit our website. Pray with us. Give financially and share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone you know. Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. And until our next show, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. T-E-D-I-N dot com. God bless you and shalom.